So I'm going to be reading from 2 Corinthians 9, if you've got your Bibles, or it'll be up on the, the screen. By the way, well done for making the hour difference. I don't have a lot of sympathy except obviously for those with young children or get up early um, because you have a line anyway coming to the 11 o'clock service. Um, but I don't know whether you are like me, uh, knowing the hour difference, waking up and I'm kind of thinking, Lord, do I really have to get out of bed? <laughs> do I have to do this? Yes, get up. Anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So Paul writing to the church in Corinth But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of this exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, I think the starting point whenever we think about the area of giving, and I'm thinking more in terms of financial giving, but giving includes our time, our energy, our service, and that's all part of it. It's part of our worship. You know, worship should be at the heart of giving and giving should be at the heart of worship. But the starting point for all of this is the recognition that our giving to God, to the church, to his work, is really only giving back to God what is his already. David, who was collecting all the treasures um, so that he could release them to his son Solomon to build the temple, and in doing so was collecting treasures probably amounting to trillions of pounds in today's currency. I mean, enormous, enormous sums beyond anything we can imagine. Having done all of this, he says this, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything comes from God. And I think this is the foundation of all our giving. And actually, it's amazingly liberating when we really grasp this truth, when we grasp this truth in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our work, our talents, our monies, our resources. Everything comes from God, and we only give what comes from his hand. 
And so what we see in this passage in 2 Corinthians 9 is the, this foundation which Paul stands on. As he talks to the church about their giving, he, he says, it is God who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food. I guess probably the nearest we can, if you like, relate to this is when we think of um, places around the world that need aid, you know, nations or communities that have been devastated, um, like that community in uh, Mississippi at the moment with a tornado, or, or in Haiti, or places like that, where they have absolutely nothing. And the lorries and the helicopters turn up, and they deliver the food, and they deliver the water, and they deliver the medical supplies. So from a place of nothing, this aid comes. This, if you like, is the picture that Paul is painting here. We have nothing, and it's God who comes to our aid. He is the supplier. He is the one who pours out day by day his indescribable gift of grace. It all comes from him. And then, having underlined this foundation, what we see Paul doing next is really talking to the church about how they promote the work of the kingdom of God in that place, but also elsewhere. And it's a focus that we need to grasp as well. And Paul draws out many things, but I, I just want to think about three things for us this morning. And the first thing is this, giving to the church is something we should all do. Paul says, let each one give. See, what he's clear about and what we see in the rest of Scripture, what Paul is saying to the church is, if you like, giving to the mission and ministry of church shouldn't be confined to the few. It shouldn't be for those who have a certain like financial lever, level, and above that you can give, but if you're below that, you shouldn't. It's actually something that all believers should be engaged in and share in. And he gives two reasons for this in this passage. Firstly, we should all give to supply the needs of God's people. It all matters as we bring it together, we're sharing in that ministry. And we each have a part to play. And we think of the widow's might and how Jesus acknowledged that. We each have a part to play, even if in our view it's seemingly very little. But also following on from this, that we should each give because this giving overflows in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. If you like, as we give, we're saying to God, we're so grateful to you for your blessings, for your faithfulness, for your provision, for your hope, your mercy, and your grace. Giving to the church is something we should all do. But then he goes on to say, giving to the church is something we should all do cheerfully. Now give me your best happy face. That's the best you can do. <laughs> That's better. Give me, give me your, like, your, your miserable face. Yeah, a real grumpy face. <laughs> some, some people can't do that. Uh, can I say the first was better than the second, but uh, some people, not a lot of difference. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> this is my happy face. No, I'm kidding. That's uh, a joke. I'm sorry, I've just offended. If I've offended you, please forgive me. Uh, we're coming to communion, so tell me before you take communion that uh, you've forgiven me. That would be great. But you know, the whole thing about it is giving cheerfully. 
Each one should give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And it's important to see the point that Paul is, mal- uh, is, is making here. See, God doesn't welcome that reluctance, oh, we have to give for this or that reason. And sometimes it can feel a bit of a challenge. The message is that we give from cheerfulness. And the actual the word means hilarity. It's like we giggle as we give. It's, there's a, a joy that rises up with, within us. This is hilarious as we give to God. This is the attitude that Paul is speaking to, to the church there, and something that God loves to see in us. Each one should give, give cheerfully. But the third thing that Paul highlights is that we should do it generously. And God, in verse 8, is able to make all grace abound to you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. You see, what Paul is saying here is through God's abounding grace, he will enable each Christian, each person of faith, to abound in generosity. And as he says in verse seven, uh, in 10, generosity enla- enlarges the harvest of righteousness. In other words, as we're generous, it kind of builds and strengthens our own faith, our, our journey with him, our relationship with God. And also generosity results in thanksgiving, not only an overflow from our heart, but the response as we give generously to those around us. And it's important to note that we're part of a generous and extravagant kingdom. In fact, the truth is we belong to the most generous kingdom ever, where the king of kings does not look at our circumstances or the things that we lack and then kind of give in and move off to someone else. Quite the opposite. He takes the little that we have and he multiplies it. As he did with the widow in 2 Kings 4, the way that she had empty jars and she collected the jars and she she filled one jar with oil and then was filling all the other jars with oil. God took that little jar and multiplied it into uh, so much that she was able to pay off her debt and also have enough for her and her son to live in. And then think of the feeding of the 5,000, the boy that offers the fish and the bread. He takes that and he multiplies it to feed the 5,000. And our generous King of Kings is looking for those who will partner with him. And I think there's a sense in which when we really grasp this, understanding the power that is released when we partner with God, something special and powerful happens when we offer generosity, and as I said, this is a generous church. I love the way that um, through the generosity uh, amongst us, people buy flowers and cook meals and do shopping and help out with, with gardening, all the rest of it. You know, when we do those acts of generosity, it's like God looks upon it and he blesses it and he multiplies it. When we pay for someone to have a break, as that, that's happened because they've not had a holiday for a long time, or cover flights as, as we've done as a church because they can't afford to go and visit someone or go to a special occasion. Something powerful happens when we show that kind of generosity, when we sow those seeds. 
And as Paul says in verse 13, it's the kind of generosity that causes people to give thanks to God and to praise him. And we're doing that, but as with all things, there's more for us to do. And as we think about what we do, doing cheerfully and generously, it's important to understand two things. Actually, the amount does not matter to God as much as the attitude. It's the attitude of the heart. And we live in a world where situation is constantly changing. In our own lives, our circumstances, and the way that we have uh, kind of finances and all of those kind of things, they change from time to time at different points in our lives. And I think this is why Paul is clear as he talks to the church in verse 7. He says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. You know, one of the things that uh, we're asked from time to time, or I'm asked from time to time, is how much should I give? towards the ministry and the mission of the church. Now personally, I believe that Jesus commends the Old Testament principle of a tithe. I know that different church leaders have different views, but as I look at the scriptures, you know, my take in is he commends the tithe in Matthew 23, 23. But however we view that passage, what is clear is that he commends the tithe not out of a place of duty or compulsion, but from a place of love. And I think the tithe is a good place for us to start. And yet, having said that, I recognize that for some people, it may not be possible for us to do that. I know, for example, when we were at theological college, living off about 7,000 pounds, you know, to live on for a family of four, that was a really tough thing for us to do. And we didn't have the financial, uh, if you like, blessings then as we uh, know now. And it's important to see as well the way that Jesus commends the widow, as I've already mentioned. You know, that might, the tiniest coins, Jesus understood that she'd given everything that she had to live on. And so when we think about this and the attitude of the heart, you know, one of the things is encouraging each one of us to allow the Holy Spirit to speak afresh into this today as we support the mission and the ministry of the church. And then the second thing to note is more than any amount that we give is how we give, the expression of the heart. And I've already mentioned this, God loves to see cheerfulness and generosity. And again, again, I think it's something that we allow the Holy Spirit to help us with. You know, there are some people by nature who just are incredibly generous people in every way. And many of you are like that. But some of us need God to actually do that work in us. And it's a work in progress. And so our expression of generosity is something that God loves to see as we give out our thankfulness and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and enlarge, as Paul writes, that harvest of righteousness and make us rich in every way. So giving to the church is something we should all do. We should do cheerfully. 
we should do generously. And out of that place, that expression of thankfulness and from the heart. So how do we respond to this? Well, there may be practical things to be done. Uh, A number of us give by standing order, and that's a, a good way to do that. And if you want to know more about that, talk to one of our uh, church wardens or uh, health uh, connect team at the, at the end. That's good for a lot of people. It doesn't work for some. But I think what I want to do is finish off and having said allowing God to speak, but to take hold of a kingdom mindset with a faith-filled commitment to sow into what God is doing. See, Paul writes this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Heather and I, when we were in America, had the privilege of spending time actually with one of uh, Santa's closest friends, a couple called Kelly and Justin. And they run the outreach program um, in, as part of the church uh, in Raleigh. And uh, the outreach program is called Embrace. Sorry, my ears are going funny. Has something changed? Um, so it's called Embrace. And it's, it's based in one of the toughest parts of that region in Durham City, where um, in the area there are shootouts pretty well every day, and um, people are hurt or killed constantly. It is a really rough area. And as they were sharing their story, and uh, you can look at this uh, on the CTF Uh, Raleigh Durham website they began by a couple of them going out with some bottles of water and just an outreach program literally bottles of water handing them out and then the bottles of water developed into some bottles of water with a bit of food and just going to those places where they recognized there was need and where the Holy Spirit kind of directed them to go making relationship just sharing something of God's love And then the food developed into meals, and so at special times, like Thanksgiving, they would go out and take turkeys to families that had absolutely nothing or very little and give them turkeys so they could have a really good uh, Thanksgiving meal. And uh, this is the the, the story where um, they they filled up their trunk with 19 turkeys, went out to 19 households, gave them their turkeys, returned to their base, opened uh, the boot, and there were 19 turkeys. God multiplied miraculously this food. And then as they're reaching out, step by step, sowing the seeds, God provided this base. It was a church that was closed down. They were given this land, this building, which is a large building, large land, and so the ministry grew. But I love the way that it began. It's like, here we are with a couple of bottles of water. God, what do you want to do with this water to bring life?
I think there are lots of opportunities for us as a church. And I guess as I've been reflecting on this, the question is, what are those bottles of waters that we're holding that we want to present to the King of Kings who has the most generous, extravagant kingdom anywhere in the universe? It was Kelly who said these words, God will not throw his treasures at a locked door. He will knock, but we have to open the door. God will not throw his treasures at a locked door. He will knock, but we have to open the door. And so as we finish and think about the whole giving to God, what is the door that is open and what are the things that he wants to use, just like he has done with Kelly and Justin, to share and abound in the blessings that he has for this community that we're part of and this island that he's placed us so that God gives glory to God. And I think for us is when we open our eyes to the generosity of God, when we see the way he can supernaturally multiply and take that. And of course for us with the whole Hope Center, you know, we need a miracle. And if you like the seeds that we sow, we're doing exactly the same. This is what we've got, but we believe that you want to bring uh, hope to this community and do it in this way. We're offering, if you like, the water bottles as we have by going to planning. And we will see him multiply that in a way that will bring great rejoicing, not just to us, but to this island and this community. But what are those things that we can do individually, but also as a church? God, here is my water bottle. How do you want to multiply that to build a building? for your glory. Let's together allow the Holy Spirit to speak into the whole area of giving. Our financial giving to resource this community, who we are, what we're doing, the things that God has gifted us with, the momentum that he is at work moving us in the way that he is, the exciting things that he's doing, the way that he's stretching the tent pegs, but at the same time, whatever it is that we have, even if we think it's like a little water bottle, God, I want to give this to you because I know you are the one that can multiply it and bring blessing and glory to your name. Let's pray together. Can we stand? Let me just say those words again. God will not throw his treasures at a locked door. He will knock, but we have to open the door. I just have a sense that the Father in us, all his generosity, wants to pour out his blessings, his, his treasures upon us. But he's just looking for us to partner with him. And so, Father, we open the doors of our hearts to you in this whole area of giving. I thank you for the ways that we can give through serving and through our time, through our encouragement, through blessing those around us. 
But I thank you as well, Lord, for the way that we can give to you through the money that we have and the resources you've given us and to see you multiply that for your glory. So, Father, would you speak to each one of us afresh about this? Father, would you fill our hearts with that delight and that cheerfulness and that generosity which comes from you? Just recognizing the foundation on which we stand is it all comes from you anyway. And Father, would you take that offering, the offering that we have individually, but the offering that we bring collectively as a church family, and will you multiply that and bring glory to your name? Would lives be changed? Father, would many people just uh, thank and praise you because of the generosity and be turned towards you? Would you increase the opportunities for us as a church to reach out in our community? And if you like, to take the water bottles and to see that grow and develop as you lead and as you guide us. Father, we offer ourselves to you now. Use us for your glory. Shine in and through us by your light that all men would give glory to your name. And we ask this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.